Bidzy Small Business Society number 144. You're listening to Bidzy Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barisoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today I am talking to Allison Mashadi. Allison is the founder of The Writer's Ally, an award-winning business that offers expert writing and editorial services. With 17 years' experience as a national best-selling book collaborator, award-winning editor, and publishing consultant, Allison uses her insider knowledge to help authors reach their publishing goals by improving their writing skills, polishing their manuscripts, and learning to navigate the complex publishing world. Welcome, Allison. Thanks for taking some time with me this morning. Can you first tell us more about yourself than about what projects you're working on today? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. It's really my pleasure. Um, so as you said, as your lovely introduction, I'm a book collaborator. I work with uh, experts and small business owners to help them create a book that'll really serve as a powerful tool for them. Um, so something that can be the center of marketing efforts, something that can be really useful as part of their business growth plans, primarily prescriptive nonfiction. Um, but I also run a team of editorial professionals that provide editing, marketing, and publishing support. It's called The Writer's Ally, um, and together under that umbrella, we lead serious authors of all types, novelists, memoirists, young adult, whatever it is, to publishing success. So whether that's self-publishing or finding an agent and getting a book deal um, or you know selling a book that's already out there, we look to provide support for them through that. And uh, that's kind of the stuff I'm working on every day. <laughs> Great stuff. So Allison, we're talking about books here and you mentioned it a bit already, but why a book? Why is it important for entrepreneurs and small business owners to consider writing a book? Well, a book is, you know, obviously something, it's a product that people can sell. And certainly you don't want to invest in creating a product that you're not going to eventually see return on. You want to make money selling a book. That's obvious. But when you are a business owner, when you are a subject matter expert of some kind, if you have a service-based business, having a book can really be a key to whole new levels of opportunity. 
having a book is something that can get you more speaking opportunities. If you've ever been to conferences and conventions, you'll almost always notice that the keynote speaker has a book published as an author, that they have a book that they're selling at the event. Um, it can be something that opens doors to media opportunities when you see experts on news programs or interviewed in the course of a, a journalistic article. Again, they're almost always authors. Um, so just the fact of having that book can start to open doors that you might not have been able to access as easily, even though you had the expertise before you published the book. Um, so that's one of the things that I really focus on when I work with my clients under uh, my Ali Mashadi consulting umbrella. So you're saying it really serves to legitimize things like this is the ultimate business card of sorts. Is that right? Yeah, supercharged business card is one of the ways we say it. I mean, the best way to think about it is is really linguistically, the root word of authority is author for a reason. Ah, love it. Yeah. Now, Allison, you've worked with large book publishers like Simon & Schuster, but talk to the self-publisher. How does the self-published author really get out there and sell some books? Are they, you know, are they competing with the big five publishers? Yeah, they are. And they're also competing with a lot of their peers. So we're seeing on average these days about a million new books being published every year. Wow. Um, and that's that number, a staggering number. <laughs> yeah, truly staggering. Um, and I'll tell you, it's not even 100% accurate. It's really an estimate because um, we can only track the number of ISBN numbers that are sold. Those are the, if you've ever published a book, you already know the ISBN is a number you purchase usually through Bowker's. Um, to identify your book in the vast network of systems that we use to sell books. So, you know, based on that and extrapolating from that, there are also thousands of books that are published as ebooks only, um, specifically on the Kindle platform, which is one of the most popular today on Amazon. They do not require you to have an ISBN for ebooks only. So there are also people publishing books that don't have an ISBN. So when you think about it, not only do we have about a million books coming out every year, you've also got all the books that are already out there and doing well. So competition is incredibly fierce for a self-publisher. And their challenges are much greater than an established publisher because they're not coming into this with a strong network that could be decades old. They don't have the same kind of relationship clout, and often they don't have the same kind of resources. Now, obviously, you just mentioned that there are going to be some challenges. Now, talk about the writer's ally and why it's important to have a qualified, competent team on our side when deciding to write and publish a book or having that coach or mentor or team on our side uh, on any part of our journey for that matter. Totally. Um, so when you publishing a book, I think is one of those things, and there are lots of things like this in our world, but publishing a book is one of those things that from the outside can often look deceptively simple. I mean, we all know how to write, right? Like we can, <laughs> we can write a letter, you know, we, we've grown up writing our whole lives. Um, and some of us in the course of running our business might write quite a lot of content in the form of marketing emails or blog posts or social media posts. So, you know, it can sometimes seem like, well, I already know how to write and I'm an expert in whatever this thing is that I do. But oftentimes that sort of leads you into traps, like, for example, writing the wrong book. Um, as a business owner, when you are trying to publish a book that's going to get you specific goals, like 
attracting more clients, speaking gigs, et cetera. You want to be really strategic in what book you choose. For example, if you are a marketing expert and now you're going out there and you're talking to, um, you know, people who are creating startups, startup entrepreneurs, and you're just talking to them about starting a business, it's going to be a little bit less beneficial for you to have a book that showcases all your marketing experience and is focused on higher level marketing tactics if you're trying to speak to this other slightly different niche audience where they need to learn things like how do I get access to capital or how do I put up a website or how do I start getting clients in the first place? Um, you know, so you want to be careful that you're writing the right book, first of all, which is something that, um, that I do with Ali Machado Consulting and that we do with the Writer's Ally. But also once you've written a draft, it's really important to get that objective professional feedback. Um, too many people will simply turn to their business partners or their spouses or their friends and I always make the joke that when it comes to objective feedback, you're not allowed to get feedback from anyone who's legally obligated to be nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> you want those people who aren't scared to hurt your feelings, right? Well, exactly. But more than that, you also want people who are trained to not just identify why something isn't working, but who can explain that to you and articulate it. Oftentimes, even the best beta readers might read a book and they might be able to tell you they're a little confused or maybe they didn't really love something or they were bored and they, and they can kind of indicate that. And that's really valuable. But what's even more valuable is understanding well, your reader wasn't engaged because you failed to make a convincing argument for your point, or your reader got confused because your flow or your structure um, is, you know, isn't the best choice for supporting this particular expression of information. Um, so there's really a lot more that goes into creating a truly effective and marketable book than I think most people realize as readers. Lots of moving parts, absolutely. Now, I want to dig deeper on this point. So if I feel like, for instance, I've had an interesting life or people really want to hear what I have to say, but I'm not a writer, unequivocally not a writer, how do I decide what to include, like you said? And further, again, not a writer, who is actually going to do this writing? What steps would I actually take? Yeah, well, there's a lot of options. Um, one of the reasons I call myself a book collaborator is it's sort of an umbrella term that, that covers a multitude of related services such as um, ghostwriting for people who, as you said, truly don't consider themselves writers or even people who are capable, but you know, their business is growing like gangbusters. They don't have the time. It can take upwards of a hundred hours to create a real quality, you know, bestseller level book. Um, so if you're in that boat, a ghostwriter might be for you. That's somebody like me that you partner with who helps you conceptualize the book, helps you figure out precisely what topic is going to be the best topic to suit not only your expertise and platform, but also what your goals are. Um, and then, of course, a ghostwriter will actually write the book for you. So that's sort of the highest level, most intensive kind of service. But then taking a step back from that, I also work with people in lots of other ways. For example, I have a client right now um, who is perfectly capable of writing his own book and who really wants to, but he was just unclear on exactly how to put that book together. He sort of had lots of ideas and wasn't really sure how to bring them together in a really cohesive um, sort of smart book. So we're working together to create the outline 
to sift through all the ideas and figure out which ones are going to work together in the best way to look at his competition and make sure he's writing a book that's going to stand out and be able to compete. And ultimately I'll be working with him over the next eight months while he drafts. Um, he's writing two little books, two like 25,000 word books. Uh, so I'll be working with him over the course of eight months and guiding him as he creates his drafts to keep him on track um, and to give him instant feedback as he goes. So it's going to significantly significantly cut short the curve um, versus if he were just sort of working in a vacuum. So you can find people like me. They'll call themselves ghostwriters, book coaches, book Sherpas. I even heard, I've heard lately. Um, <laughs> yes, helping us up the mountain, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's lots of people out there who will help you um, write a better book. And then, of course, editors come in once the book is drafted. Yeah, it might feel uh, like an overwhelming uh, sort of prospect to start writing that book, but there are resources out there, and Allison can uh, provide that resource for you. Now, I want to shift a little bit. Let's get into your journey. You're enjoying some success, but it probably wasn't always that way, Allison. Take us back to your biggest challenge, in business or otherwise, but what really sticks out in your mind as your biggest challenge, and we're looking for the actionable steps that you took to really embrace and overcome that challenge. You know... Rob, it's funny. I think that even though I've been in business now for about 12 years, and I think that my biggest challenge actually came pretty recently, a little over a year ago. Um, so the Writer's Allies, my editorial business, and about a year ago, it was just really me and one other editor. And we had sort of a network of more occasional subcontractors that we would turn to. Um, but it was really just him and me doing most of the work and, and pretty much putting the full-time effort in. And it was clear that to be able to better serve our clients by giving them more options, uh, there are different levels of editing, and also in terms of availability. You know, when you have two people, we were, we were often booked months in advance. So I really wanted to grow the team very deliberately. I wanted to bring on more editors that specialized in different areas and in different types of editing. I wanted to be able to create some group programs that would provide people with support once the book was out so they could sort of learn more about building a platform and marketing a book and all of these things. Um, so I started to do that. I started to put um, you know, time and energy and resources into building systems and tools and bringing on more team members. Um, and there came a point where there was sort of this gap. And I learned later that it was normal. But at the time, I didn't know that that was a typical phase um, when you were growing a business, that there, at some point you would get to that gap, that gap where you were putting in a lot more than you were bringing in. <laughs> you, know, you were spending a lot more um, than you were making just yet. And it really freaked me out. And I thought, oh my gosh. You know, Are you talking strictly financial? Or? Yeah, yeah. Financial and, um, and also just, you know, the, the, I guess the physics for lack of a better word of, having more people now to do the work, but not yet having all the work to give to the people. Um, so I, I was really nervous and I had never experienced that before. And I wondered if this was a sign, you know, was I, was I trying to grow and I wasn't really ready? Was the business failing? And I just, you know, had I just rode this horse too far? And yeah, it's the market talking to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I just didn't understand that having access to capital and having a healthy relationship with debt is actually very typical for a growing business. When you're in the growth phase, that's something that happens. Um, so I was a part of a mastermind group at the time that was incredibly helpful. And I would say that the actionable steps, the actionable steps that they helped me 
uh, learn to take and that worked really well uh, was first of all, I took out a line of credit with my bank um, and I really worked on adjusting my sense of normal. You know, I came from a family where you treated your credit card like a checkbook and you paid your bill off every month and you don't spend what you don't have. You know, debt was not something um, I'd really grown up with. And shifting my mindset to understand there are times when you're growing a business where you need to get into debt a little bit, you know, reasonably with a, with a plan um, in order to grow, in order to reach that next level. And that was a totally normal thing to do. So I, I went ahead and took that step and I did that. Um, the other thing that I did, the next thing that I did really was I learned to look at that time as an opportunity to put infrastructure in place for the growth that I knew was to come. I had been very strategic in terms of what I wanted to do with the business um, and where I wanted it to go but I didn't account for that gap. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to look at this as a gift. There's lots more that I can do to prepare for this growth. I'm going to be confident that that growth is coming. I know that I have a good plan. I know that I have services and products that people want and need. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to freak out about this. I'm just going to choose to look at this time differently. And one thing that really saved my sanity was I started mapping out um, marketing efforts that were smaller. So not big campaigns, but more like things I could do every single day to make new connections and gain visibility for my business. So that, you know, I, I just trusted that if you did the right things and you were consistent about putting in those right efforts, the results would come. Uh, I just needed a little bit of time. And the last thing that I did was I read a bunch of mindset books. And that also was something I hadn't done previously. And kind of, I'll, I'll admit, uh, even though I love books very much, that particular category of books, I was a little wary of. I felt like, you know, I, I didn't just need a pep talk. Like I'm a practical girl. I like books that tell me what to do. I didn't really, I didn't really want to read a bunch of books that were about how to shift my mindset, but my group recommended a few in particular, this one book called the big leap by Gay Hendricks. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of that book now. It, it really changed my life. I, I read it. Uh, anytime I start to feel nervous, I go back and I read it again and I remind myself because it just really changed how I looked at the cycle of what my business has gone through and will probably go through many times again, you know, in the course of its life. Um, so yeah, I, I, I sort of went through all those things and and I would say the overhanging uh, theme of all of that was I trusted that I was doing all the right things. You know, I looked very closely at my budget, what I was spending, what I was doing to market, all of those things. Um, and I was doing all the right things. I was being smart about my expenses. I was being smart about growth. And I just needed to hang in there for the harvest. Um, and sure enough, that's what happened. Great, great narrative there, Allison. Thanks for that. I was just going to say more on the money level. You know, on a philosophical side, what is money really? Like, I mean, we're just pushing numbers around without getting too out of control, obviously. You need to handle your obligations, but we're just pushing numbers around in the end, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was clear, you know, it was clear to me looking back that um, it was more about my philosophy or my emotions um, around that idea of debt or the idea of money and it wasn't, uh, it was, I needed to have a more business perspective. Um, it was something I was, I was learning. Yep, absolutely. And you talked about expanding your reach. I want to dig deeper there too. So we talked about it a bit, how the self 
self-published author can sell some books, but really help us understand. This is a crowded um, landscape of e-books and audiobooks and even physical books too. <laughs> but uh, what's been most effective for both you and your clients to really engage with and grow your audience on social media, email marketing, etc.? Well, I think it depends on the kind of book, um, but with uh, I'll talk about the business owner since I know that it's primarily uh, who's going to be listening today. So with my Ali Mashadi clients, like again, these are experts and business owners who are writing nonfiction books very specifically, you know, as part of a, of a business growth strategy. And I think one of the most effective tools is speaking, uh, whether that's on a podcast like we're doing today or leading a webinar or being part of a telesummit or physically going to conferences, which is something that I do quite a lot, um, and giving workshops, giving presentations and talks. It's an incredible way to connect with your readers. And I've found that what often happens, and this has been true for a really long time, we call these things back of the room sales. When you are someone who speaks on nonfiction topics, uh, self-help, health and wellness, business, thought leadership, you can connect with people when you do speaking. They see you immediately as a real person. You're not just a name on a book. You're, you become you know, 3D and they get a sense of who you are. They get a sense of your style your perspective, your personality. And there's a certain kind of, I think, energy that happens where you're like, yeah, I connect with this person. I dig what they're saying. I like their delivery. I like them. Um, there's that no like, and trust factor that happens much more quickly when you can connect with somebody. Um, and I'll use in person in air quotes <laughs> since you can't see me. Um, <laughs> And it leads to more book sales. Back of those back of the room sales where you're selling books after you've given some kind of live um, presentation or speaking engagement, or if you're online and you're doing um, online sales, you know, it still works, are one of the best and most effective ways to move books. Awesome. Yeah, conversions are a lot higher in person or face to face, even online, right? Yeah, totally. Now, a little shift here. Tell us about your rewards. Why is it so great to be Allison Mashadi? <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, I, with, you know, no cynicism, no sarcasm. I, I love my life. Um, I find that growing and running a business is a really exciting challenge. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a geek. Like I love learning all the new tools and keeping up with what's out there and better, more efficient ways of, you know, connecting the dots, the tactics, seeing the results of my actions. Um, all of that is, is fun for me. So I love that part of it. And now that I've grown my editorial team and I'm able to serve so many authors as well, one of the really great rewards that I didn't expect was it truly feels good to know that I'm helping my editors do more of what they love best. You know, they love editing and working with authors. In, in particular, I'm building a team of people who um, are happy to outsource things like the marketing and the negotiations and the sales and the paperwork and the tracking, you know, all of which I take on for my team so that they can focus on the editing and working with the authors, what they really want to do. So I feel it's rewarding to help them do that. And then also, you know, together we're all helping to bring more great books into the world. That's kind of awesome. You know? <laughs> that is absolutely awesome. Yeah. And again, that's super uh, competitive, almost saturated marketplace. Yeah. Having that quality book out there is uh, got to feel great, right? It does. It does. I, I am an avid reader. I'm someone who loves books and has always 
enjoyed books. And, you know, I want to be clear. I'm not even just talking about your obvious a book that teaches you something, even novels. You know, if you think, and I think any of us can think back to books that we read as children or that we read in school, or, you know, for some of us that we, if we read a lot outside of those avenues, just books that really changed our lives, that we loved, that we still talk about, that we still tell other people about. Being a part of making that happen is incredibly rewarding. Allison, do you love to win or hate to lose and why? Interesting question. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I guess I would say I more love to win. Uh, like I said, it's it's really re- rewarding on that sort of geeky technical level that you know if you do X, Y, Z, and then you see results from that. That's super cool. Um, and, you know, losing is disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't care if I lose, but I've always been pretty good at learning from my experiences and being able to see things through that lens, I think takes a lot of the sting out of it. So losing is not the end of the world for me. Give our listeners more actionable stuff here. What are you doing to wind down after a long or stressful day? Oh, I really love going out for a beautiful dinner. I'm kind of a foodie. So, um, and I, I'm usually responsible for cooking, which I do love, but if I'm really stressed out, it's uh, luxurious to have someone else make dinner for you. So, um, <laughs> my, my husband and I will go out. Um, I have four rescued cats, so I'll spend time playing and petting them and just sort of spending time with them, which is really relaxing and lovely. And, um, if the weather's nice, especially in the summer and we have those nice long evenings, uh, I live in, in Maryland, just below the Mason-Dixon. So we've got our generous Southern front porch and I'll take a good book and I'll go sit out on my, on my, uh, swing bench and enjoy the evening. Sounds great. Now boil this thing down for us. What is the one thing you want to leave with our listeners about the importance of cultivating their ideas and collecting them in the form of a book, Allison? Oh, I think one of the most important things for people who are considering a book to understand is you've got to learn to look at it not as the book you want to write or the things you want to say, but the things your readers want to hear and want to learn about from you. Um, That old marketing adage of what's in it for me is just as true with a book as it is in marketing any other type of product. Um, And I think so often people who want to write a book are sort of emotionally or ego driven. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. I just mean it from the perspective of there's something they really want to say. There's a book they really have always wanted to write. Um, And while that can be personally fulfilling, When it comes to getting results, um, again, just like any other business venture, you really need to be strategic. And sometimes the thing you want to write or that you want to say um, isn't what your audience really wants to hear from you. And so you're not going to ask yourself, who cares, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, who cares? and Why should I listen to you? Yeah, and I think you're speaking to uh, some of the parallels, not with just a book, but a lot of those strategies will translate into your email marketing. Like you said, your social media, uh, you know, there's a lot of video out there. I mean, you know, you got to make sure that you're speaking the language of your audience, right? Absolutely, the language of your audience um, and just, you know, making sure that you're providing value to them. It's kind of an uphill battle to come from the place of, well, this is something that people really need to hear. Well, that might be true, but if they don't want to hear it, 
you can't force them <laughs> to buy the book. <laughs> now, Allison, you've humbly glossed over some of your accomplishments, but you were a collaborator on the national bestseller, The Way of the Seal, and you've been involved with hundreds of other books. If people want to read anything you've been a part of or work with you and the team at The Writer's Ally, where should they go? Um, well, if you are an expert or a business owner and you are specifically interested in writing a nonfiction book, um, whether you need help creating the outline, actually conceptualizing it, uh, writing it, or even if you are thinking of getting an agent and a book publisher and you don't know how to go about doing that, you can find me at alimashadi.com. And if you have a manuscript already completed, uh, whatever kind of book it is, fiction, memoir, or nonfiction, and you just want some um, professional help in making sure that book can compete in the marketplace against those million other books that are coming out there, you can find us at thewritersally.com. We'll be sure to include some links for our listeners. Allison, this has been great. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me on Bidzy Small Business Society. You take care. You too. Thank you so much. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today.